Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, today I'm on holiday, so I'm not at home where I normally record, where things are very nice and quiet, because I live in a country town and I live on a cul-de-sac, a dead-end street. So if you hear some weird noises or it sounds a bit different, it's because I'm in the big city and there's lots of power tools and my kids are nearby. Sammy is in the next room, who Tammy may or may not loosely be based on, if you've heard any of the tall tales. She's pulling beautiful faces at me right now. Do you want to say hello, Sammy? That was her saying no. All right, well, let's just launch into it. I've got a story. It was actually requested by a listener that I do the story of Snow White, but I've done my own version and it's called Snow Pig. So here we go. Snow Pig, as told by Nanny Piggins. Nanny Piggins, Derek, Samantha, Michael and Boris were sitting in a bus shelter. They weren't waiting for a bus, they were waiting for it to stop pouring down with rain. Normally, Nanny Piggins wasn't afraid of getting wet, but her hair was looking particularly fabulous after a rigorous sprint across a windswept football field to catch the ice cream van before it pulled away. The sad thing was, they didn't actually catch the ice cream van in time. You see, a football match was taking place on the football field that they ran across, and Nanny Piggins inadvertently intercepted a pass. Naturally, once she had the ball, it would have been meek-spirited of her not to run the full length of the field, weaving around all the players and scoring a deeply impressive goal by bending the ball through the air as it arced 50 metres across the field and into the top right-hand corner of the goal box. Unfortunately, Nanny Piggins' athletic triumph was at the cost of ice cream success. As she celebrated her goal with three cartwheels and a backflip, much to the delight of the crowd, the ice cream van pulled out of the car park. But the impromptu athletic display had made Nanny Piggins' hair puff out beautifully and put a lovely flush in her cheeks, so when it started to drizzle, she was reluctant to stay in the rain, which is why they all sought shelter in the nearest bus stop. They soon discovered that bus stops do not offer a lot of scope for the imagination. Once they'd read the timetable and the graffiti scrawled across it, there was not much else to do. The seat was not particularly comfortable. It was irritatingly small, which didn't suit Boris at all. Being a 700-kilogram, 10-foot-tall bear, he had a sizable bottom to accommodate. Why must they make these seats so small, wondered Nanny Piggins. Where are the bears supposed to sit? I don't suppose they had bears in mind when they designed the bus shelter. Typical, said Nanny Piggins. Humans can be so speciesist. And I keep sliding off, said Boris. The seat is at such an inconvenient angle. That's to stop homeless people sleeping on the seat, said Samantha. That's very mean-spirited, said Nanny Piggins. Where are the homeless people meant to sleep? Out in the rain? I think they're meant to get home, said Samantha. But how are they meant to do that if they're exhausted with lack of sleep, said Nanny Piggins. They need kind sisters to find them a shed, said Boris. 
That's what Nanny Piggins had done for him. Boris loved his shed. He had a lovely soft bed and lots of garden tools that were excellent for scratching the hard-to-reach itches on his back. The rain was coming down really hard now. Looks like it's going to take forever to stop raining, said Nanny Piggins with a sigh. (sighs) I was hoping we could rush home, get your father's car and drive around looking for the ice cream van. I don't think father would agree to that, said Derek. Of course he wouldn't, said Nanny Piggins. That man has no appreciation for the importance of a high ice cream diet. Is it important to have a high ice cream diet, asked Michael. Desperately so, said Nanny Piggins. Ice cream is a dairy food and it's excellent for keeping heat stroke at bay. Michael looked out at the pouring winter rain. I don't think any of us are likely to succumb to heat stroke any time soon. You can never be too sure, said Nanny Piggins. Doctors are always saying how important preventative medicine is. An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure, they say. So just think how good five litres of triple chock cookie dough ice cream must be. Very therapeutic, said Boris, nodding. Derek decided it might be a good idea to change the subject. Since we're going to be here for a while, why don't you tell us a story, he suggested. Oh, yes, please, said Samantha. Oh, yes, agreed Boris. We can snuggle together if we're listening to a story. All right, said Nanny Piggins. I'll tell you a story about a staggeringly beautiful distant relative of mine. Her name was Snow Pig. Snow Pig, asked Eric. You mean like Snow White, asked Michael. Snow who, asked Nanny Piggins. White, said Michael. Never heard of her, said Nanny Piggins. Snow Pig was a pig, a pink pig, not white at all. Anyway, when Snow Pig was just a little piglet, her mother died. That's terrible, said Samantha. Her own mother had gone missing in a mysterious boating accident, so this was a sensitive subject for her. Yes, yes, agreed Nanny Piggins, but it was inevitable. You see, this is a story, and you always have to get rid of at least one parent at the beginning of a story, so the characters can get up to mischief. A story without mischief is invariably boring. That's why so many Hollywood movies have to resort to violence and naughty language. They haven't got the imagination to be mischievous. You were telling us about Snow White, I mean Snow Pig, Derek reminded her. Oh yes, I was, said Nanny Piggins. Do stop interrupting Samantha, or I'll have to tell you the story about the girl who interrupted too much. What happened to her, asked Michael. She was run over by a steamroller, said Nanny Piggins. There now, I've told you the ending of that one and totally ruined it for you. That's exactly why you should never interrupt. Sorry, Nanny Piggins, said Michael. Anyway, Snow Pig was just a piglet, said Nanny Piggins. And her father, the king, did I mention she was a princess? Well, she was. It seems you couldn't have a story in the olden story days without it being about a princess. Storytellers were so obsessed with royalty, it was ridiculous. I've never seen a member of any royal family walk a tightrope or swing in a trapeze, so I don't know why people make such a fuss about them. Anyway, Snow White's father, the king, was lonely, and he decided to remarry. So before she knew it, Snow Pig had a stepmother. Oh no, said Samantha. Now why do you say that? asked Nanny Piggins. Well, just traditionally, stepmothers in stories are always very mean, said Samantha. I know, said Nanny Piggins. It's outrageous. The stepmothers of the world should band together and sue storytellers for the appalling defamation of them as a group. These poor women agree to take on not just a husband, which can be a burden in itself, let me tell you, but children as well. Obviously, you three children are a delight and it's a pleasure to look after you. But many children are not. Some are unpleasant. They don't wipe their noses or scrub their fingernails or eat all the chocolate cake that's been put in front of them. Stepmothers have a lot to put up with and their lives are made infinitely harder by storytellers going round making up stories about them. But isn't that what storytellers do, asked Michael. That doesn't make it right, said Nanny Piggins. 
But hang about, said Derek. I've heard the story of Snow White, I mean Snow Pig. Didn't the stepmother order a woodcutter to take Snow Pig out into the forest and cut out her heart? Well, yes, agreed Nanny Piggins. Okay, so she may have overreacted and lost her cool a little bit. But Snow Pig did eat all the hundreds and thousands in the baking cupboard and without even asking. And straight out of the jar, just like a pig. She was a pig, said Michael. That's why it's so bad, said Nanny Piggins. It's such a cliché. I thought the stepmother did it because her mirror told her that Snow Pig was prettier than her, said Samantha. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. But to be fair, if your home furnishings started talking to you in rhyming couplets, you might freak out and act a little oddly too. Still, cutting out a heart is pretty harsh, said Michael. But the woodcutter didn't actually do it, did he, said Nanny Piggins. He let Snow Pig go. She survived. So the stepmother isn't that bad at all. It was just a conspiracy to commit open heart surgery, which I'm pretty sure is not a specific crime. When she cooled down, I'm sure the stepmother would have come to her senses and let Snow Pig come home in time to watch The Young and the Irritable on the television. She might have been a little cruel, but she wasn't so cruel as to keep a pig from a favourite soap opera. But sadly, they never got a chance to watch their show together because Snow Pig selfishly ran away into the forest. Where she came upon a house full of seven dwarves, said Michael. Michael Green, exclaimed Nanny Piggins. You can't say that. It's not politically correct. It isn't, asked Michael. You can't say the D word. You must say unusually short people, said Nanny Piggins, or vertically challenged people. So they weren't actual dwarves, asked Samantha. Of course not, said Nanny Piggins. Why would seven dwarves all live in the same house? No, these were seven unnaturally short people who chose to live together so they would not be shunned by the rest of society. There was a jockey, a blockbuster film star, a Napoleon Bonaparte impersonator, a CrossFit athlete, a chimney sweep, Dolly Parton and a ballet dancer. And they all lived together in a house in the forest, asked Derek. Yes, it was very sensible, really, said Nanny Piggins. They could band together and perform tasks that would be too hard for them to do otherwise. For example, they would perform a human pyramid and then the ballet dancer would grand jeté up to the top with a light globe when they needed to change a light bulb. But why didn't they just buy a ladder, asked Michael. Because this is a fairy tale, snapped Nanny Piggins. If people did sensible things in fairy tales, it would totally ruin the story. So anyway, Snow Pig turned up at the house one day and asked if she could move in, said Nanny Piggins. The seven short-statured people were hesitant at first because she was normal height, so they didn't have any furniture that was suitable size for her. But she was stunningly good-looking, so they were too brain-addled from looking at her not to agree. Did they make her do all the cooking and cleaning for them, asked Samantha. No, said Nanny Piggins. She volunteered to do it. You see, she'd been a princess her whole life. She never washed a dish or ironed a shirt before. She thought it was all tremendously good fun. Looking after seven vertically challenged people was for her like going to Disneyland for a normal person. She had a wonderful time and the vertically challenged people loved it too. They were finally eating proper meals and they didn't smell as bad as usual. So everyone was happy. So they all lived happily ever after then, asked Boris. No, of course not, said Nanny Piggins, because that blabber box, the talking mirror, dobbed Snow Pig in. 
Gosh, no, said Boris. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. When the much maligned stepmother asked her mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all, the mirror could have said, none is as fair as you, your skin is as pure as the mountain dew, or some other syrupy claptrap. But no, the mirror had to be honest. He straight out told her, it's not you, you deluded old hag, compared to Snow Pig, you look like an old leather handbag. How rude, said Samantha. I know, agreed Nanny Piggins, but I suppose mirrors do see people at their worst when they're staring at their own image in self-indulgence, self-obsession. So it's no wonder they have an attitude problem. Anyway, continued Nanny Piggins, once the mirror told the much maligned stepmother that Snow Pig was still alive, obviously she had to hike out into the forest herself and try to kill her again. She did, asked Samantha. She didn't want to, said Nanny Piggins. There was so much mud in the forest it was sure to ruin her shoes. But bravely, the maligned stepmother did it anyway. When she got to the house, none of the unusually short people were there, said Nanny Piggins. So Snow Pig opened the door herself. Oh, it's you, said Snow Pig rudely. Yes, it's me, agreed the stepmother. Come along, you better get home before your father finds out what you've been up to. But she'd only been cleaning up after seven short people, said Michael. I know, said Nanny Piggins, and the king would have been outraged if he found out. Princesses can't go around cleaning. It might start a trend. Then people would expect all royalty to polish their floors or scrub the grout in their bathtub. He was bound to be furious when he found out. But I don't want to, whined Snow Pig, like a typical sullen teen. I'm tired and I'm hungry. Now the stepmother may have been dangerously vindictive, said Nanny Piggins, but like any mother, she knew the secret to getting a child to do something was to give them a snack, and she had one ready in anticipation of just this sort of scenario. Here, said the stepmother, I've got a sweet, juicy, ripe apple for you. Eat that and you'll have plenty of energy to walk home with me. Now this was a particularly delicious looking apple, said Nanny Piggins. I thought you didn't approve of fruit, said Michael. I don't agree, Nanny Piggins, but this apple had been dipped in chocolate, so you could barely tell there was something healthy inside. Snow Pig grabbed it out of her stepmother's hand without even thinking and jammed it in her mouth, biting off an enormous chunk, which she immediately started to choke on. <coughs> said Snow Pig. The stepmother was horrified. But I thought she wanted Snow Pig dead, said Derek. There's a big difference between thinking you want something and actually seeing it happen right before your eyes, said Nanny Piggins. She desperately whacked Snow Pig on the back, trying to dislodge the apple. She grabbed hold of her and squeezed her diaphragm, trying to do that Heimlich manoeuvre. But nothing worked. Snow Pig was going blue in the face. And not a nice blue, a very unpleasant blue that did not go with the frock she was wearing at all. Oh, gosh, said Boris. I don't like how this story is going. What happened to the rest of the delicious apple? It fell on the ground, said Nanny Piggins. Oh, no, I can't bear to listen, said Boris. I hate to hear about food going to waste, especially when it's delicious. Fortunately, at that very moment, a prince came along, said Nanny Piggins. And picked up the apple, asked Boris. He did eventually, said Nanny Piggins. But first, he saved Snow Pig. He picked her up, spun her upside down and gave her a good shake until she vomited all over the forest floor. Gross, said Michael. Yes, but not as gross as choking on an apple, said Nanny Piggins. So let that be a lesson to you. Make sure you do a first aid course so you know the correct way to help a princess who is choking. Is that the correct way, asked Derek? As my distant relative Galileo Piggins once said, said Nanny Piggins, gravity always brings you back to earth. Or in this case, a chunk of apple back to earth. And then they got married and lived happily ever after, asked Samantha. 
Well, she'd just been sick on his shoes, said Nanny Piggins. That's not a great start to a relationship. But Snow Pig was incredibly beautiful and unusually good at cooking and cleaning, so of course the prince soon fell in love with her. Especially after the much maligned stepmother saw which way the wind was blowing and snuck some love potion in his Gatorade to seal the deal and get Snow Pig out of her house. So they did live happily ever after, said Samantha. Yes, they did, said Nanny Piggins. Snow Pig lived happily with the prince, who was able to first aid her any time she had a near-death experience. And the much maligned stepmother was able to relax and enjoy being a queen without feeling she was being compared to her staggeringly beautiful stepdaughter. Wasn't she lonely when Snow Pig was gone, asked Michael. No, she had the king, said Nanny Piggins, and she got herself nine cavoodle puppies and an ice cream van. So when she looked in the mirror each morning and asked, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the happiest of them all? Even the miserable, mean-spirited, pedantically honest mirror had to say, you don't deserve for it to be true, but the happiest in the land is definitely you. The end, time for bed, said Nanny Piggins. We're in a bus shelter, said Derek. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. It'd be silly to fall asleep here. Just then, a van came around the corner. It was brightly lit and had a large fiberglass model of an ice cream cone on the roof. Oh, my chocolate, said Nanny Piggins. Am I having a hallucination or is that the ice cream van? It is the ice cream van, Sarah, said Boris. Hold my handbag, said Nanny Piggins. I'm going to get us all a cone. And then, with a total disregard for the pouring rain and the damage it would do to her fabulous hair, Nanny Piggins launched herself into the street and started sprinting down the road after the hapless vehicle. The end. Thanks for listening to support this podcast just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. There's also now the audiobook of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins and soon the audiobook of Friday Barnes Girl Detective. You can order all of these things through your local bookseller or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.